Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business with your hosts, Chris Natalie and Nick Michaels. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cosmic Voice. This is Season 2, Episode 9. I am here with my co-host, Chris Natalini. Hello, everyone. And I am Mick Michaels. Welcome back to another exciting episode here at the Cosmic Voice Space Station. How you doing, pal? What's I'm going on? I'm doing great, brother. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. That's my new thing now. I am fantastic. 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 I even went out and I bought a case of the cleaner, fantastic, so I could keep... <laughs> So I could keep Do you it. Spray that in your eye. I just you spray it. Like yeah. When I start feeling really bad, I hit myself with fantastic. How you feel? I feel fantastic as my eyes are burning. Yep. <laughs> you know how fantastic has that particular smell. Reminds me of the ghetto. Anyway, <laughs> that's all we used back then. Growing up on Lafayette Street, a lot of fantastic. That stuff was like you know, what, I like fifty-three cents or something. Something like that. You know, it's funny. I, I meant to tell you this a couple of episodes ago. You had talked about, I don't remember which episode. I guess we were talking about record labels, but you had mentioned about the A plus behind your house. Yeah. And I, when I heard the replay, I'm like, oh my God, I totally, I totally, for, I always remembered your your practice hall. Right. But I forgot about that little, you know, that little mini mart behind little your house. Little mini mart. That's right, man. We were what, like <laughs> one of the first in the area to have a little mini mart. Uh, it was A plus. That was what it was called later, but it was AMPM. That's right, it. Yep, so it was yep, open yep, early morning, it. late night. Right, that's how they yeah. competed with Seven Eleven. So it was that kind of thing. <laughs> and late night, you wanted to make sure you ran there and ran home as fast as you can, because <laughs> because you probably would have gotten beaten up. So you, you know, the safest time was to go in the AM. That's what they should have told you. But you know, oh, and man. I used to get my goobers at my little yep. pack of goobers. You get them for like thirty five cents and a YooHoo. And all this you could do for about a dollar thirty-five or something. You could scrounge yeah. that up enough. Got but, goobers now are what two dollars? Yeah, they're crazy. <laughs> and I don't even know what a YooHoo costs, but it don't taste the same. So that's no, when that's, that's back when Tasty Cake was Tasty Cake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, here we are, another episode, and tonight we are covering things so you are better prepared when entering the recording studio. Yes. All right. So I'm going to let you have the mic. Okay. So uh, let's see. So before you go into the studio, the most important thing is to be prepared musically. You know, especially if you're paying for a studio. Yeah. I mean, listen, when you go into a studio, everybody's going to have some days. Some days are going to be good. Some days are going to be bad. You know, you may have a little more flubs than another day, but for the most part, you want to go in there knowing every note that you have. That way you can get in there and get it done professionally because uh, the one thing producers don't like is when a band goes in there and you have no idea what you're doing you can't tune right uh you know you don't know how the song goes again sometimes you go in there and you could blow through all your songs in a day sometimes it takes two days sometimes it takes a couple days it really depends on what you're in there doing but no matter what it is you have to know your material you have to know the stuff you're recording I found uh, in the past couple of years that it's always good to send the producer the songs or a few songs that you're going to uh, record. That way he kind of knows what you're doing. Recently, when my band, Siege of Perdition, went into the studio, the producer actually wanted us to come and rehearse in his, uh, he has a big area where bands play. 
And uh, we ran through all the songs that we were going to record, and he just, you know, jotted down notes and, you know, vocals here, vocals there. And it was really cool. It was a really nice experience. When we went in to record, he really had a good idea of the, you know, the kind of sound of what we were looking for. So if you can, even, you know, just record on your phone or if you, it's a decent copy, whatever, just send him the songs, an idea of what you're trying to look for. Maybe talk to him before and him or her, actually. If there is a particular sound you're looking for, the end result, you could say, hey, I, you know, I want my band to sound like, you know, I maybe want the production to sound like one of your favorite records and he can get close. The producer has to have an idea of what your, what your final result is and giving him as much information as possible is one of the, one of the strong points about going into the studio on top of knowing every note you're playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Knowing your stuff, being well rehearsed, the studio isn't the place to rehearse. Right. It's, and it's not the place to be writing songs. Now, I know there's a lot of talk. Like you can read stories about the Beatles or, you know, your favorite band from back in the 70s, 80s, early 90s. They would talk about, you know, we started, we went to the studio and started writing. Well, a lot of those guys, they were guaranteed they were going to sell so many albums, you know what right. I mean, in a right. sense, right? Because they had a fan base. The bill was being paid for by the record company, and they had to go on tour to pay that back, record sales, you know, being on tour, things like that. However, for the regular person, you're like you said, you're probably paying by the hour or blocks of hours. Mm -hmm. So all that prep time has to be done before. You get in there, you do what you have to do. That's not to say that there isn't going to be problems, because there may be, you know? Yeah. But the like you said, the engineer isn't there to teach you how to play your part to the song. They're not there to wait for you and the guys or gals, the band, to practice the song and get, you know, you'll do a couple run, maybe a run through just to get a sound level or some, you know, line check, try to EQ some things in. If you guys are recording like two or three people at a time, I know that's become a, a popular thing again. Like yep. you'll have the yep. drummer, they'll have some isolation in either in an isolation booth or some isolation panels or something like that. And then, you know, you could bass player, guitar, you know, whatever the case may be. I remember back in the day, what we used to do is record the drums first, but we to get the feel rhythm, guitar player and bass player would play. Yeah. And yeah, uh, this way, yeah, this is how we get the flow. Nowadays they're kind of recording things cause they can really separate stuff out and, you know, but yeah, you want to be definitely well rehearsed. Know the material that you're going to do. That's not to say that things, you know, you may want to change something like, oh my God, I'm hearing it different, you know. And again, if you have a producer in there with you, which is another bill, that is expected then. They may change something, right? But usually for regular bands, you know, I mean, people on the local circuit, you're not, there's usually not a producer in there. The producer's usually the singer or lead guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> and Mick, I don't know how you feel about this. I'm okay with it. I've been uh I've been in a situation where the engineer has come to us and go, you know, guys, like if you don't mind, maybe you should be playing this or these notes don't sound right together. Let me try this. Again, Mick, I don't know how you feel about it. I'm open to it. Like, you know, we've said it a million times, whatever makes the song better. So if you have an engineer who has a good ear and you've you know hopefully you've done your homework on that engineer and you've listened to some of the stuff that he's done in the past and you know you want to put your trust in him and again you don't have to accept his you know maybe if he wants to change something you don't have to accept his advice but at least be open to that option and, and hearing him out and see what it comes because i've been a part of a couple times where the engineer has changed a part of a song or you know, maybe filled in a lead spot that we didn't hear. And I mean, a good engineer is going to give you great ideas. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Now there is now there is some debate on this. There's engineers who just push buttons, and then there's engineers that have input. Right? There's different levels of engineers. Some engineers are also producers. Some engineers are also musicians. I've worked with both producer and engineers that weren't musicians themselves. They couldn't right. play an instrument. They understood right. things. Uh, maybe some of them sang, or maybe they didn't. But they just yeah. had an ear, like you're saying. They had an ear. If there's something on their board that's not coming up correctly, like there's something's peaking here or this is coming out all muddy because they're getting some phase shifting or something like this because of the notes are being played, yeah, maybe you should take that into consideration because the final product is really what counts. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Nowadays, like I think that you're going to get a little bit more input from a lot of engineers where you didn't get back then sometimes it was a separation the engineer as you were paying for the hour they were just there mm -hmm. to you know make sure the technology was running correctly so today right. it, that may be yeah but I mean, you gotta you know you take everybody's input some of it you may want to take with a grain of salt at times if you're hard pressed on this is what we're doing this is how we're doing it that's okay too. then you, that's okay too now a lot of those guys sometimes wind up creating their own nowadays they kind of create their own studio um, or they have a group of people that they already work right. well with, so they know exactly what's going on. But on another aspect of that, if you're having problems, if your band's having problems at a song with notes, or you're unsure, or there's some muddiness, maybe that's not the song that should be on the album, because maybe it's not complete. So maybe that's mm -hmm. not the song you should put for right now and go you know, work on other things. Again, yeah. the studio may not be the time to do that. Now, if, if it's quick and passing... It's like, do this, do that, or how about you create that break right there, or that drummer, you know, let's do a roll right there, and that's something, yeah. you know. And yeah, again, exactly. that engineer actually then kind of parlayed himself into being a producer right? real quick. Right. So that's good, right. you know. I mean, again, we bring in outside people, whether it is an engineer, an outside producer, a third party to master it, to get different perspectives, Yes. Right? And then they hear yep. things that you don't hear. They have some, they won't have the same bias as you do. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and you know this, as being an artist yourself, you're so connected with the music that sometimes things get washed over, we, we, get, we lose sight. So yes. having a fresh set of ears, especially ones that are trained to hear those different frequencies and stuff like that, that may be a plus. Yeah, absolutely. You are listening to The Cosmic Voice with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. I would say, you know, again, for guitar players especially, you want to have, I mean, it was always hammered to me, you know, new strings. But you don't want them so brand new that they're stretching while you're playing. Yeah. So you want to make sure that they're broken in to a degree, but still have their crispness, right? And everybody has their break-in period. But break them in, you know, make sure that guitars, bass, everything's properly set up so there's not a bad intonation, the neck isn't warped, so you're getting the best tone out of your out of your instrument as you can, right? If you're using active electronics, make sure you're replacing batteries. If you're using effects pedals and you don't have a power board and you're using batteries, make sure they're fresh. I would kind of recommend, if you're playing regularly and you're going to record with this setup, these stomp boxes and stuff, I'd get a power supply set up because yeah, you don't want yeah. something dropping. That'd be the worst thing. You get a perfect take, except the sound sounds like garbage. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. that's another thing, too. Like in the studio, you got to come to the table with some decent equipment the best that you can. And if you don't have it, you're going to probably have to talk to the studio to see what they have that either 
they provide, they can provide in the room, or they will rent you as part of your package. And usually the stuff that they have in there has been tested for the room. They have mics that work perfectly with it. They know what the sound's going to be, so you're in better shape. You know, the, the worst thing is, is you turn your amp on, and there's a real nice mic there, and you're going to record something permanent, and it's... Can you, can you get rid of that? Yeah, I'm going to bring in a sledgehammer. <laughs> so that's some of the worst stuff, you know, or your 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 pickup's not wired right, there's not a ground, and it's hum, you all join into a choir, you know, hum, uh, hello, 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 you know, that kind of routine. So you want to make sure that stuff is not happening because, again, it wastes your time and it ruins your recording. It just makes noise. The more noise you have in a recording, the worse it gets, right? It just kind of compounds. Yeah. And for guitar players, bass players, I mean, you want to tune regularly. I mean, literally, we used to tune. We still do. We tune between every take. Every take. Even if I just went, eh, not, I missed it. Let's do it again. I just checked the tuning. It's just kind of was hammered into us. You know, make sure it's, it's relatively the same every time. And for drummers, same thing. You know, you want to have some extra heads uh, if you're using your own stuff. Uh, plenty of sticks. You know what I mean? Make sure your setup is there. And I always recommend that the drummer brings their own throne because it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. They're used to it. Uh, I have been in the studio over the years with drummers, and, you know, they didn't bring a throne. They had to use whatever's there. And most quality studios will have a real nice throne, but some of the other studios may not. Yeah. And listen, it's kind of like if you're not playing your instrument, it's difficult sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And a lot of uh, studios do have drum sets set up. So, you know, that's another thing, too. But like you said, sometimes you can do a walkthrough. You can get comfortable with some stuff that maybe wants you to come in, feel the place out. You know, where are we going to set up? How we want to do this? That kind of thing. That's just yeah. pre-planning. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, you know. Yeah, preparation uh, for, is yeah, key. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Preparation. Yeah. I mean, it starts with the song arrangements. Right? Good songs always start with when you're writing them and putting them together and, you know, the arrangements. That's what a lot of producers will tell you. That the studio isn't going to necessarily make the song better if it already doesn't have something. So, you right. know, it's just the way it is. I'm, we're not here to judge on music, but we're just giving you what some of the pros like to tell you. And for, you know, a singer, vocalist, you want to make sure you're warmed up. Do your exercises. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't have to do them on the mic. Um, you can do them, you know, out when you're waiting. Because usually the vocal's usually one of the last people to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though I know there is a new... It's not really new. They've done it for a lot, but it's become more popular where they'll lay down the vocals first to a click track or something to get that timing, get that feel, and then mm -hmm. create the headroom based on the vocal line so that everything falls into that. Because usually, especially in metal, vocals are done last and everybody's pumping faders and all, you know, the gain and there's always, like, a little bit of headroom left, right? So yeah. they, they started going this other way. However, you know, like, Michael Jackson was always somebody who would lay down, you know, he would do his whole beatbox type of thing and lay his right, vocals right. down, I mean, with perfect pitch, timing, the whole bit, and then he would drive the song, the energy, the intensity, you know, the mm -hmm. musicians coming in would follow suit. So, again, you got to go with what works best for you. If you have your own studio, that's fantastic. We used to get, you know, and again, when you're paying for it, we used to hear, come on, you're wasting tape, wasting tape, wasting tape. <laughs> now, with the digital age, you know, I, I still say that, and I break James's 
stones are bad. He goes, yeah, yeah, okay, just press play, will you? Because I go, come on, you're wasting tape, you're wasting tape. But we we heard it for so many years, it just be, kind of becomes your thing here. But that, the problem back then was with the reel, the reel, you know, you rewind it, record it, rewind it, record it, and you know, 25 times later, the tape starts stretching, it starts losing it, its quality, right? So you know, yeah. sometimes you'd have yeah. to do that, especially again. When you didn't have, I mean, God, back then, I mean, some of the reel to reels were $45, $50, 60 bucks you were being charged, you know, and you got maybe 40 minutes on there, tops, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, every everything cost you back then. I mean, if, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, hey, can I get a drink of water? Yeah, seven bucks. Okay. Uh, you know <laughs> what I mean? Oh, I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. Can you give me some? Yeah, okay, there's 25 bucks. You know, whatever the case may be. I mean, it was just—it didn't matter. Hey, I need a stretcher here. Okay, there's 150 bucks. So, you know, anyway, that's you know, there's there's some things that you uh, you definitely want to think about. And then, you know, on the personal level, you got to be appreciative. You got your manners count. You got to be polite because you don't want to piss off a engineer and he just kind of yeah. you know, it's like making your waiter angry and then all of a sudden you're eating. Who knows what you're eating? Okay, like if you plan to, to complain, you better plan not to eat there at least yeah. that night. That was always my, you know what I mean. Listen, if you're going to complain, yeah. then yeah. that's the end of it. Okay. Yeah. There's tons of stuff that you could go over. I mean, depending on where you're at, but uh, I think the biggest one, like you said, that you shot right off with it, is you got to be prepared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. if you're paying. Especially if you're paying. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing bedroom suite stuff now and uh, and you have, you know, it's all in the box on the computer and being done in-house with the bandmates and all that kind of stuff, you have a little bit more room. You really do. And, and I think that's that's what the digital age has afforded us. It's become a little bit more feasible for people to do this, take a little longer on it or, you know, because, I, I, listen, I, I remember it fondly, the, the stress levels of being in the studio. Back in the 80s, early 90s. It's a nightmare. Yeah. I mean... It's a nightmare. I, I remember one one session, we would do four-hour blocks at a time. Like So we would buy these big packages and only do no yeah. more than four hours. I went in. I couldn't play any of the songs. Nothing. I couldn't run a rhythm. I kept playing parts over and over again. And it just got worse and worse. And hours were going by. And it was just... Finally, I said, look, I can't... I was so worked up with it, you know. And I don't know why. I, I don't know what happened. But it didn't matter. Because as it began to domino, it just... My playing got worse. The engineer, I thought, was going to hang me. It was like, like, who is... Like, fire this guy. He can't play. I was like, <laughs> yeah. my God, I can't play. I guess I lost yeah. it, you know. So I came back the next week. And I ripped through everything. I mean, just right. one take. And I turned to the guy, I go, and you thought I couldn't play. I go, actually, I thought I couldn't play either at that point. But and I was like, whew. But it was, you know, unfortunately, you know, I lost several hours there. But Well, you know, but that's the thing, too. Like, there's also a thing of when you get in your own head. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, and I've experienced this many, many a times, even up to recently. Like, you just get in your own head. But there has to come a point where... You know, if you're trying to get a part, like you were saying, and you're not getting it, you just can't get it. You try, you try, you try. You have to look at yourself and go, you know what? Let's move on. Right. Let's, you know, we'll, yep. let's play something else. Uh, you know, of course, unless that's your last thing. But if it comes to a point, you have to know your limits. You have to go, especially as a singer. You know, I can only scream the same line so many times. And if I'm not getting that timing, I just go, I need a break. Or can we move on? Let me go back to this because I'm just wasting time i'm wasting energy i'm wasting my voice on something that now i've gotten in my own head 
that I can't get it out. Right. So sometimes you need that win to get it and then go back to it. And then hopefully you'll get it as you did. You went back and you ripped through it because you just, you got in your own head and you were having trouble playing it. And once you're in your own head, forget yeah, it. It's absolutely. over. You might as well just hang it up for the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure at that point, um, and that was many, many moons ago, but I mean, I think at that, when it started, I started getting performance anxiety. And of course the person who was like the leader of our band, uh, was making, you know, he was about to shoot me. I was getting the eyeball through the window. I got to talk about <laughs> six times. I got the like, you know, I'm going to, you know, in the fist and, you know, so it got worse. And then, you know, you could see it and you're realizing time is ticking. Money is going. We're not getting anywhere. So, yeah, I, it just fell apart. But I finally got to the point where I says, like, that's it. We're done. I can't do it anymore. So we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll reconvene. Yeah, yeah. Let somebody else come in, know what their parts are. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. And it, exactly. listen, it happens to everybody. Even today, oh, you know, yeah. like when I'm, you know, now I have my own studio now at this point, And I still try to keep to a time. Like, I don't, just because I'm not paying for tape, you know, I'm paying someplace right. else somehow. And I don't want to waste time. Because you lose momentum, right? Like when you're when you're in the flow, yeah. a lot's happening, a lot's coming. And because now that I have my own setup, there are things that sometimes I change while I'm recording because I have the luxury now, and that's okay. Now I wouldn't right, do right, that if right. we go the other route, but I don't even know. Be honest with you, I don't even know if I could go the other route anymore because I've gotten so accustomed to this. This is to well, me, sure. th this is something sure. that I wish was available to us, you know, thirty years ago. Because yeah. it's, you know, because yeah. a lot of, you know, a lot more control, a lot more of this. But anyway, um, I'll sometimes come in and like if I do an early morning session and my hand isn't, you know, it's get up and go has already not come in yet. So I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll even stop. I'll say, that's it. I'm done. I walk away. I either take a short break and give myself a pep talk or, you know, go get some more diet soda or whatever. Or I'll reschedule. I'll come back later today and do this. Yeah. And I'll think about it, though. I'll go, okay, what was I doing? Was it me or was it just a circumstance? Now, you know, I mean, I suffer with some issues with my hands, so that's part of it. And then some of it, like you said, you get into your head, so. Yeah, yeah. Knowing when to, that's it. You got to do that. And like you said, it's for the sake of the song. Let another member come in. Maybe that's just enough breathing space that you need to get started up again. Okay, I got it. Let's do this. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sometimes you just need that other member also to pull you aside and go, listen, you got this. Like, right. It's, you got it. You know what you're doing. We yeah. played this a hundred times. Sometimes we just need that little pep talk to, again, get out of your own head. That's right. That's right. I used to go, take a deep breath, towel off, get a drink of water, and then get back in. Yeah. It's a running joke now. This is years ago now. I wrote it down on like almost like a script of paper and I so they could see it. <laughs> and... At first, I think that they were they were offended that they were being given directions, <laughs> okay? And I, that's not why I did it. I was like, well, I'm just trying to be helpful here. I'm using some of the, you know, because, because of my experiences and stuff like that. It became something that even though it became a running joke, it causes you to do it. All right, deep breath, towel, real swig yeah. of water. And I can show you videos on stage... <laughs> Of them doing the exact same thing. Now, no script was, and I actually had it. Like I would, you know, put it up somewhere so they could see it behind the screen. So you know what I mean? <laughs> Deep breaths, towel off, take a drink of water, get back at it. You know what I mean? You could do all that within, you know, a couple seconds, and you're back yeah, at it. Yeah. No matter how many times you've done it, 
you can have performance anxiety on stage, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no, I don't care how many, how often you've done it, um, how professional that you are or, or think you are or somebody told you are or you write it down, whatever, you can still have it. There could be that day that, like you, like Chris said, you get into your head and anything is possible. That's part of the human condition. So, you know, if it happens, we're aware of it and we create these little, again, that script was something just to quickly get yourself back to focus. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. all. Like, you know, and again, yeah. it worked in a joking way, but it actually came in handy multiple times. Right, right. So you never know. I mean, you never know. And again, I think if the intention is right, you know, being threatened to be beat up if you didn't get your part, that sometimes worked too, but <laughs> it, it more more often than not, it kind of made things even worse. So, and, I, and I, I'll contest to that because I've been on that side. So, no, please don't hit me again. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> and now the mixing process, Mick, I'm not sure how you do it. I, I know in my experience, when I get a song or songs uh, for, you know, once they're mixed, I will listen to them on everything I possibly can. My phone, my car, yeah. you know, my Amazon Alexa speaker, my Bose speaker. Like I will listen to every song on everything that is humanly possible obviously you're going to get different the sounds are going to be different no matter what, you know, whatever you play it on but if you have a bar that that song sits in and everything you listen to it hits that bar then you're golden but sometimes some other things that you listen to something on might show you something that you didn't hear in your headphones maybe you hear it in your car and uh, you just adjust from there. That's how I do it anyway. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You have to listen to it on different things. You want to hear that raw mix in a couple different places. The problem is, is if you listen to it now, and that's not with everybody, but just giving you the broad stroke of it. If you listen into so many different places, you've given yourself so many possibilities, you're not going to cover all of them. So where do you, like, you know, pick some of the, like, you know, again, your car, off the phone, on the computer. Now, there was the old saying, and it still holds true, I don't care what anybody says, that the song always sounds good on the master tape deck. Like, no matter where you are, like, it, like so yeah. if I record it, like, it always sounds good at its home recording place. It's because that's where it was developed, right? So you want to take right. it out of there and play it in a couple different and you're, places. And you're, listen, you're listening to the playback through $1,000 speakers. Yeah, like, I mean, they're supposed to sound good, right? You're supposed to pick up <laughs> right, on this right. stuff. So you'll be listening for things, and, like, I would hear different pans come out in, like, say, a car speaker, because sometimes there's six speakers around, right? And you're hearing them from different positions, uh, at, depending on how you have your fader set up, where you wouldn't pick them up on your cell phone. Personally, listening to music on a cell phone is about the worst thing possible. Most of the time, uh, the, the bass worst. doesn't even exist. The worst. Terrible. Even with some of the EQ settings that they give you, the presets, it's still some of the worst. But you have to nowadays have to listen to it on there to see because a lot yeah. of people, that's how they do it. Right? I never yep. cared for the yep. iPod sounds. I, I just couldn't stand it. I just don't like it. You know, The sound system that I use as a gauge is a 1992 Sony stereo setup that has you know old techniques speakers and it still sounds phenomenal now that's not the final but what i'm saying is, is right. it gives me a broad and i know i realize yeah. that most of the average listeners today don't listen to it on those type of stereo setups anymore but i'm still looking for that dynamic range 
But then I changed the dynamic range by going to the phone and the different computers and, you know, so on and so forth, the car. So, yeah, you want to do that because you're hearing for different things, different tonalities. Is something more muddy here? Maybe I need to pull back on the compression here. That's a whole mix thing. Some bands aren't involved in the mix. That's the thing. Right. That's right? right. So they may not be aware of the frequency type things, like the technical aspects, but they have to audio-wise. What does it sound like? I mean, if you're a musician you should, and you're playing in a band, you should have some idea of decent sound quality. Like, oh, this is too muddy. This is too high-end. There's not enough bottom end to it. It's, you know, this is all, you know, high pitch. Shave that off. <laughs> so you, you make notes of that, and then you pass that off to your engineer or whoever, you know, whoever it is in your band that's doing it. But, yeah, you have to do that. If you are involved in the mix, and I'm not a fan of having 65 people involved in a mix because you're going to have 65 different things. If it's one yes. one person from the band that speaks for the band that the band feels confident in, that would be the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. I sometimes prefer to do the mixes myself and pass them off because if you're recording them, a band, like say as an engineer, if you're recording them, you're kind of starting to get a feel of what they're looking for. You can tell by the music, where they're going. You got to take listen to what they're talking about. Like, you know, the bass player goes, oh yeah, I, I want to really have a punchy bass or I want this to be here or the drummer you know whatever the case may be you have to be a good listener and that can save you a lot of time now like you said if you're doing a lot of homework on each other you give them some music saying hey i like for it to sound like this or you know again you're never going to sound like that band but you're looking for certain aspects like hey that guitar is is really out yeah. there it's punching it's driving yeah. that snare and bass drum are just clobbering and, and driving the song whatever singers tucked below the guitar player or he's above the guitar player whatever the case may right. be the yep. leads are, are nested real nice, and they're not so bright and powerful that I can't really pick up anybody else that's doing anything. So, you know, <laughs> but there's a lot of different stuff. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their own thing. And this would carry over to when you're mastering. I don't get involved in mastering my bigger projects now. I pass that off. Uh, there are some things I still master. That's not a problem. I'll master stuff that isn't mine. I do master some stuff that is mine, but... It's if it's going to be like a one-off or something like that. But the, the bigger albums, because we're so close to it. At one point, we had done everything with one studio. We had decided after a while that we started breaking things up to change the perspective. And it's been working yeah. out well for us. So we ship out stuff now to get mastered. We've done different stuff. We've sent stuff to Australia, you know, out to Jersey. We've sent stuff to L.A. And I think that gives us an opportunity to go... <sighs> and then... Yeah come back to the music as a pure listener because then we're yeah, we, sometimes we're surprised wow that guitar really whatever oh that snare is much more punchy than we whatever if you start working with some of the same groups of people they'll know exactly what you're looking for as long as your right. mix is good right if your mix is yeah your mix has to be yep. in the pocket the right levels otherwise all they're doing is amplifying garbage more yeah. noise <laughs> means right. just more noise <laughs> louder exactly exactly yep <laughs> you know and that's listen i remember in the days when studios were still getting used to recording metal you remember uh, you remember yeah and, and yeah, a lot totally. of the guys they wanted to do metal because there was money in it to do it but they weren't good at doing it they didn't know yeah, how to capture yeah. that distorted guitar to pound and the double bass sometimes would be like right and you just lose your 
you know. And then, there were, like I was talking about with yeah. the vocals, there would be no headroom for mastering, and you yeah. need headroom. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to compress the living hell out of it. And I had a whole album done, I guess it was in 92. The studio had left no headroom. The mastering place had to put so much compression on it that there just was no punch to the yeah. album. I mean, yeah. it sounded like the you know we were the drums were paper bags being stretched, and that it was yeah. terrible. And again, that was you know because we were at the mercy of whoever recorded us. And some right, some right. engineers back then, and you could probably contest this as well. They didn't want to hear from the band. You guys just nope. play your instruments. Don't tell me yep. how to do my job. Yep. Oh. Yep. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that's why that's why you have to answer those questions when you're trying to find a studio if you don't want to be involved then that's okay too but you have to ask all you have to ask all those questions again preparation is key yeah you know i mean back then we would talk to other bands that went through that studio or worked with that particular engineer hey what do you think some guys like to talk and other guys don't yeah it's great you know whatever yeah. But it's just like with anything else. I mean, like, you know, you want to, unless you're going with somebody that has such a super reputation, and then you may right. have to pay for that, um, right. you know, you have to ask around. And that doesn't mean that they're not good just because they don't have a reputation. Uh, they may be making their bones, right? They may be, you know, and sometimes yeah. having somebody like that, you may have a little bit more leeway, a little bit more input, right. right? So yep. there's good and bad with all of it. You just have to be, just do your homework. That's all. Due diligence, I think that's what they say, right? Due diligence. Yep, exactly. Yep. Definitely. And again, you know, like this is part of your business. And I, we always go back to this over and over again. And I and I said it a little earlier, but you got to be polite. You got to have your manners. You got to be appreciative. And it's not time to party. Like, nope. you, you know what I mean? You shouldn't be bringing in food. You should. I mean, maybe a little snack or something if you're there. But I mean, I'm not talking about bringing McDonald's and you know <laughs> Slurpees and uh, you know whatever and cases of beer and alcohol and and drugs and you know so on and so forth, chain smoking all that kind of stuff. You know that it just doesn't. I remember those days. Believe it or not, like I mean, everybody be smoking in the studio. It's like, oh my God, what are we nuts? Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but that's what everybody did. You know, from the engineer right. to everybody else in between but yep that it isn't a party man especially if you're paying for it now again if you're no, i agree if you if you have your own home studio and everybody wants to let loose after what you do what you want it's just the way it goes but if you're paying some other poor chap uh don't put them through the hell because uh you know they're just going to rush through whatever they want just to get you out and yeah you know and i've seen too many bands guys we've played with talked to you know they've asked questions they put all this time, all this money, and they wind up with something that they don't want to release. And what are yep. you going to do? There's nothing you can do. Nothing you, you can know? do. Nothing you can do at that point. You just nope. got to start all over again and, and have your checkbook ready. Or be more prepared. Or like Chris pointed out, you know, have a little bit more knowledge. Arm yourself. And I'm sure there's other people can tell you. I mean, I, I've, I've had guys tell me, like, you know, know your theory. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Listen, man, with spandex and, and hairspray, theory There's didn't no theory. theory didn't fit in but my guitar case. You understand? <laughs> oh, with my stadia sneakers and my big thick socks. You know what I'm saying? Get out of here, theory. Your theory. You're lucky I can tune. <laughs> Three chords, man. What theory do I need? That's right. That's right. There's no theory in metal. That's right. All we're concerned about is what are we eating after we're done here. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, let me tell you how important that was. That was very oh important. God. I mean, I mean, 
I, you know, one member, you know, I've always enjoyed working with him. Unfortunately, we've we've gone our separate ways over the years, but I always liked working with him in the studio. But we would definitely eat afterwards and it was always a late night <laughs> diner scene it was some of the greatest times ever man like i mean you, you yep. can't you can't i mean actually even on the road if you can find a diner that's where you go eat you know that's, what i mean that's where you go eat yeah yep, definitely uh, you and i played in uh where do we play somewhere in new york somewhere right? in new york we yeah up at a diner yeah we, we a diner at like 2 30 in the morning that served <laughs> wine <laughs> Oh, that's right. Sir. That's wine. right. That's right. Like, who's buying? But apparently, people are buying wine at diners, and they're making money about it. But, you know, full course meals at 2.30 in the morning, you can't beat that. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just That's just nuts, man. But diners, you can't beat diners. Studio and diners. Can't beat, can't beat diners, can't bro. Can't beat diners, Can't beat man. them. So, put that nope. on your studio regimen. Record. Go to a diner. That's right. Give me so, something to look forward to when you're done. That's right. And always try to get the peanut butter pie. It's always some of the best oh, at the diners. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the wine, but uh, but the peanut butter pie is what I go for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, look, you have anything else you'd like to add? No, sir. That is it. That's preparation it. E. That's right. Not preparation H, but preparation. Nope. Yep. So, listen, if you're stressing, preparation H may help you out in the studio. <laughs> You know what I mean? Especially if you've been eating at a diner the night before. <laughs> I was going to say, peanut butter pie from a diner. That's right, yeah. So you better have that preparation H in your survival kit. Your on-the-road survival kit. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Cosmic Voice. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cosmic Voice podcast. You can currently hear us at sites such as Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, Anchor, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. Be sure to get caught up on all the episodes at www.thecosmicvoice.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook at The Cosmic Voice. Okay, folks, that will do it for another episode of The Cosmic Voice. Mick and I would like to say thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business.